Coming up on episode 83 of In the Front Row with Mike Vaccaro, we sit down with Dr. Matt Proventure, Fox Athletic Injury and Performance Analyst. He shares his journey with us and also takes us behind the scenes in the NFL with injuries. We talk about grass versus turf and Achilles injuries. We also talk about shoulders. He's one of the top shoulder surgeons in the country. Plus, we hear his top five comebacks from a major injury. All that and his connection to the Navy SEALs. Coming up, episode 83, In the Front Row with Mike Vaccaro featuring Dr. Matt Proventure. Uh, doctor, I, I appreciate you spending a little time with us here today and, and, and sharing your knowledge about some injuries. Uh, you are the, the Fox Athletic Injury and Performance Analyst, and, and folks can see you uh, on that, and we're going to get to that a little bit later on. But we want to get into your background a little bit. And, and for you, you're, you're a Naval Academy guy. You went to the Naval Academy, and uh, for four years, you were a varsity oarsman. So you were an athlete. How, how has that played into your role becoming a doctor and, and working you know, from an, a physician standpoint with athletics now. Yeah, Mike, a great, great pleasure to be here. And so we, we, uh, when I was at the Naval Academy, uh, rowing and being, being an athlete was a big, big part of my life there. And that was a great, great team sport. Great to be a part of it. Um, and absolutely shaped me to go into orthopedics and, and sports medicine because I was formerly an athlete and wanted to continue that on. And in fact, I had some injuries like we all do along the way and met an orthopedic surgeon uh, there at the Naval Academy who I, I was taking care of the teams, took care of me. And that's how we sort of started knowing even what medicine or orthopedics was. I knew nothing about that going before going to college. So it's been a, it's been a great journey. You're one of the U.S.'s top shoulder surgeons. Does that stem from being an oarsman and, and the injuries, like you said, that you sustain as an athlete? I had my guy, I had a few shoulder injuries and certainly wanted to study the, the shoulder. Uh, we, we have a lot we have a lot to learn and, and just have a great team to, to help us do what we do. What we like to do is get our patients back to doing the things they love. What was your first foray into, again, working with the team as a doctor, as a physician, and, and, and different roles that you had within that team? So my first first real team was actually when I was in the Navy. I was in San Diego and Coronado, and my first real pro team was uh, taking care of the Navy SEALs in Coronado. And so that was an incredible group to take care of. I took care of them for many years and was their kind of head orthopedic musculoskeletal consultant alongside a great team of folks that helped us develop the human performance program to help our Navy SEALs operate at the highest level. And that's everything from our primary care sports, our physical therapists, our athletic trainers, our strength conditioning, nutrition, mental health experts, all kinds of, of people around uh, San Diego and also on the East Coast to take care of our special warfare operators at the highest level. And so that was really fun to help put that together and, and really take care of those athletes at the highest level. Yeah, you think Navy SEAL, you think the highest level pressure on you to make sure that you come up with the same, the, the right game plan to, like you said, keep this group, which keeps us safe, to keep them safe and healthy. Yeah, Mike, you know, we they tested us every day. And yeah, I can tell you that, you know, just it, it, those guys were incredible. They have incredible DNA. They're incredibly resilient. And so, uh, you know, our job was to keep them in the fight, get them back in the fight, get them back to their job, just like any other professional team or weekend warrior that comes to see you. We, we want to get them back to doing what they love to do. And so working with the team to, to put them back and 
and have the resources that I think they deserved and required to, to make them operate at the highest level. Fast forward, you're working with the Patriots. You're their, their lead physician, a little different team that you're dealing with. But uh, tell us about your experience with the, the Patriots at a time when they made a nice Super Bowl run. Yeah, Mike, I was there at a re really good time, obviously, and the, the experience was amazing. We had a, a we had a great team, and you know, Belichick has a lot of Navy background in him himself. Mm -hmm. uh, Naval Academy time. His his dad uh, in football. It was basically wrote the book on scouting back in the day, and Bill's dad, and actually coached my dad when he was at the Naval Academy playing football. I didn't play football, so my dad did. But uh, there's a lot of Navy connection uh, through Bill and. Uh, we really put together, I, I think, an enviable program for human performance for uh, the athletes. They, they had a really solid one in place, but I was able to bring a lot of the stuff we did with our Navy Special Forces, bring it into Foxborough and integrate, put the t and uh, really, again, take care of the player at the highest level. And everyone at, at a really VIP concierge type of level was, was my approach to it and, and knowing more about the players to help them perform at their highest. And that, that was a really interesting uh project if you will but it really affected some you know amazing change for the organization and it went hats off to people like jim whalen the head athletic trainer and many of our other folks that have been there a long time helping uh champion this this program so it was, it was pretty fun yeah having that navy background did that help you in working with bill belichick who again you know laser focused in, in getting the task done getting the job done did it help you having that background I definitely think it helped, Mike. The uh, having the Navy background and the military background, the, the mindset is very similar. Bill's mindset is very similar. He would have, he would have excelled in uh, in the military himself, and uh, you know because of the, the discipline, the process, what he went through. The I'm convinced he has a, a photographic memory on top of that, and uh, he's 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 very smart about. Uh, putting things together in a program together. So it was, I, I loved working with them and working with the organization. And not the least of which, the, the crafts were, you know, extremely supportive of what I called providing the competitive medical advantage. And that's really what we put together for the team and knowing everything we could to help that player uh, succeed, give them the information, arm them with the tools to help them perform at the highest level. Also work with the Red Sox, the Bruins as well. So different sports, but does a lot of philosophy carry over or do you have to be a little bit more specific as you get to those different sports? It's a similar philosophy, Mike. And I think the <clears throat> sports specific things are certainly there in terms of how we how, how we behave uh, in, in certain organizations and how we interact with players. But it's at the end of the day, it's very, it's very similar uh, at the professional level and, and even collegiate level, high school level. It's, it's, it's all very similar, just different uh, levels of what the program's about. Again, you're the Fox athletic injury and performance analyst. Tell us about that role. How'd you get that role and it seems like it's it's certainly a unique role that uh, you're not seeing across the board, really. Like, yeah, we it was a something that sort of uh, came out of what we built in uh, special warfare. What we built with uh, the Patriots was really starting to use data to our advantage, and 
one of the things when I left the NFL full time is I started looking at our analytics and, and data on injuries going forward. And of course, didn't have access behind the NFL firewall, but was able to really put together some compelling uh, information on, on work we had done both inside and outside the league in terms of how players perform. And so uh, having having that sort of data-driven expertise and what I put together as a team now that's behind me at, with the predictors, and that's our that's our company. You can check us out at at, at the predictors. But that group of about uh, ten of us now that has more than seventy five years of NFL sideline experience to help analyze health, analyze injuries. See you how know, players are going to come back. See how they do is a, a really cool project now, and a, a great a great company to help us analyze things. And it really got born out of the the data and the information uh, learning that we did uh, initially with like Navy Special Warfare. Yeah, we've, we've talked to a lot of former football players on our show here, 80s, 90s, even before that as well, where they're playing with concussions, they're playing through injuries as well. When did, you know, things change? When was there a shift, do you think, in the mindset, not only the NFL, but the, the players as well, to really start to take care of their bodies a little bit more? It's a great, it's a great question, uh, because I, I think it's still evolving in a good way, and Certainly when I was there, the uh, concussion program was a huge focus. Uh, the NFL brought in the unaffiliated neurologic consultants, which just made it so much better. We were able to pick it up better. We were able to recognize, we were able to treat it. We were able to get brain rest and get our experts there, which we know worked and we knew was a big part of getting our players healthy and back safely. So that that was in 2012, 13, 14, around there, 15. And now it's continuing to evolve. And, and sometimes we have to deal with you know, rules changes and flags and where hits occur and things like that. Now, it, was there more lower extremity issues because of the emphasis on uh, you know above the shoulder hits that we're trying to avoid? And so things are continuing to evolve in the league. But the, the goal of I know the Physician Society and, and certainly the NFL is to keep our players in the game as long as possible. And so there are continuous improvements in health and safety in the NFL that, that I think are going to continue to improve the game, improve the player safety profile. Yeah, I would think you watching a game on a Sunday afternoon, you're watching it differently than I am on a Sunday afternoon. I see a big hit and I say, oh, wow. What happens when you see a big hit in a game? Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, it's the same thing. You sort of, uh, it's almost like surgery. You, you get a little bit immune to it, you know, seeing, seeing certain things in surgery, you see certain things on the field. But when you're standing on the sideline of an NFL game, if you've had that opportunity, it's amazing the speed and the mm -hmm. force in which these players are playing the sport. It's really amazing. We know the data from embedded sensors in the pads that they're going 20, 22, 23 miles per an hour and taking an impulse hit very, it means a very quick hit. Um, you know, that's a lot of force in a, in a big guy. So when, when you see it, it's all about uh, the energy, the force, the, the mechanism. Uh, that's very powerful analysis for us to be able to put that together with the magnitude of injury. Well, let's get into some of the topics here from an injury standpoint. Now, obviously, a big one these days is grass versus turf. Again, we've talked to a lot of guys playing in the 80s and 90s, AstroTurf then, a lot different than what it is now. What have you seen, and how has that turf evolved into what it is currently, and, and is it better? 
so Mike, I, I, I do think it's getting better. Clearly the last few seasons have had a lot of emphasis on turf type, what it is, and it's evolved massively from the initial AstroTurf, which was basically just a indoor outdoor rug carpet, if you will, uh, that was colored green. On, on concrete, no less. Yeah, on concrete, absolutely, with very little padding underneath. And, and so the technology has, has drastically improved, but the, the reality is uh, half the stadiums have grass or some kind of hybrid grass product, and the other half are turf. And there are probably some stadiums that would be really, really hard to convert to grass. Can't say it can't be done, but it, you know, there yeah. may be some uh, tough situations in order to convert those over to grass, of which the Players Association and the players are, are obviously calling for from a health and safety standpoint. But I, the other issue is you're dealing with just a lot of different turf types. And you've got a bunch of different companies making it. You've got a bunch of different types of turf. You have monofilament, you have bifilaments, you have this stuff called slit film. You've got all these other products. You have different levels of infill. You've got a very basic, what I think is a non-sophisticated test called the Clegg test, where it's basically dropping, dropping a, a weight in set amounts and seeing how the turf behaves and whether you use high-speed video or not, or just do some measurements uh, to see if the, the field is playable. There's a lot of other events that go on at these uh, mm -hmm. stadiums. They're big city, you know, sometimes town, city-owned or state-owned uh, areas. So it's a, <clears throat> it's it's definitely something that is requiring attention, needs attention because again, our data at the predictors shows that there are injuries more associated with turf. And even though we've gotten better, it's still there in 2022 and 2023. So obviously this kind of reared its head again with the, the injury to Aaron Rodgers, a couple of snaps into his, his Jets career. I'm sure you've had a chance to, to look at that play. With your analysis, mm -hmm. would that same injury have occurred on a grass field? So it's interesting. When you look at an Achilles injury, we have found really no difference in terms of turf versus grass. Now what's interesting <clears throat> there it could be some higher level of magnitude of injury with the Achilles because of the turf versus grass. Grass may absorb a little bit more, turf's a little bit <clears throat> uh, more unforgiving. So the magnitude of the energy that goes into the injury is probably a little bit higher. So what's interesting, although the same amount of Achilles occurs on grass versus turf from our data, it takes a little bit longer to get back. And if you injured it on turf, not only takes longer to come back, but it is also a little bit harder to come back and you don't do as well initially. You do catch up and it levels out. Now that's in contrast to some other injuries, including certain ankles and hamstrings and other knee injuries, which are still higher on turf. It's getting better, but it's still higher on turf. That said, we're, we're seeing video of Aaron Rodgers kind of moving around, throwing the ball. I, is it possible for him to come back this season off of an Achilles injury? I, possible for sure. Uh, probable, maybe. <laughs> um, it's, you know, he had a really uh, cool technique. Uh, we use it in the shoulder quite a bit. And uh, in the foot and ankle world, it's called a speed bridge technique, Mike, where you use some uh, really uh, 
good tape type suture, which holds the tissue very well, rather than kind of a round type suture. And it also goes into a bridge into the calcaneus bone, which is the, the back of your ankle bone, which you you know, the, the back of your foot that you walk on. And so that's where the Achilles gets anchored into. And that on top of biologics, plus uh, the special tape configurations we use was really adapted from what we did in the shoulder down to the ankle. And it's proved to be a very robust anatomic repair, very strong and has what we call this internal brace concept. So you're actually bracing the tissue with additional suture and anchors to take an early load and hopefully have early return to play and there you have it right here the speed bridge uh, repair which has basically been in you know it was adapted from the uh adapted from the shoulder world and so you can see that bridge crossing bridge almost like a suspension bridge and then uh closing this and it can also be done much more minimally invasive uh, less scarring uh better ability for the ankle to move early and so these are the things that have been advanced in our sports medicine, sports surgery field is the strength of repair and getting getting our players back a little bit earlier. How often do you, do you see that happen? You said it's from the shoulder world, but then you, you, you translate it into an Achilles. Are you seeing that with, with other surgeries, with other means of trying to come back quicker from some of these injuries? No question. Now we see it in the shoulder. We see it with uh, knotless technology now. We used to have to tie knots all the time to tie our sutures down, but now we have incredible knotless technology. We have fiber tack sutures. We have speed bridges. We have uh, really strong implants that are well exceeding the forces that can go across the biceps, go across the calf muscle, go across the Achilles, go across your rotator cuff, go across your labrum, go across the AC joint, uh, Colts quarterback. We have these, we have the ability to put in really strong constructs that are basically knotless tape based. And it allows us to, with more confidence, number one, accelerate the rehab a little bit quicker and also return to play more efficiently and safely. Mentioned Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson shut down for the year with that shoulder injury. What more can you tell us about that? What, you know, could he have done without injury or, or you know, is, was that the, the right way to go for him? Yeah, you know, that was an interesting injury pattern, throwing shoulder, your AC joint, the, you know, if you ever separated your shoulder out you know, there in the audience, you pop up the end of your collarbone, happens a ton in, in hockey, quite a bit in football, AC joint sprains, uh, any contact type of sports, mountain biking, falling, snowboarding, skiing, all these types of things. So we see it, we see it quite often. The vast majority of these are treated without surgery. We're able to get, get away without it, but there's really six, there's about six different types in our grading scale of AC injuries. And there's probably even more subset on top of those six. And when you start to look at how people AC joint behaves, especially in a throwing quarterback and the throwing arm, the collarbone is important for stability of the whole scapula, your whole wing bone, the rest of the shoulder. It's kind of the strut of your shoulder. It's on like, I, I call it the strut of your car, the strut on the front of your motorcycle. And if it's off or out of balance or it's up and that scapula is not allowed to be able to be positioned well against the rib cage, you just can't generate that torque that's required across across the body to throw the ball like Richardson needs to do. So at the end of the day, the, the joint for him was most likely unstable enough 
uh, due to this AC joint injury and the scapula was just not able to be utilized because most of the time we can treat these without surgery. But if the stability really becomes an issue, then you lose the entire shoulder girdle mechanics just because of that collarbone injury. ACL injuries in your knee used to be, you know, you're out for a year, used to be a major injury. Is it a less major injury these days? And, and, and why is that? Mike, the, the ACL continues to be a bit of a challenge in the NFL. And getting back to that, or even soccer, Neymar, others, it's we're really seeing about nine months at the end of the day, if not more, to really get back. And, and why is that? Well, we talked about these really amazing constructs we have. We have these internal braces. We've got good tape sutures. we got suture tape. we got fiber tape. we got all these other things to augment repairs. At the end of the day, it still takes biology to heal and the kinetic chain of your body. Everything from your head all the way down to your ankle has to be firing well, resynchronized after the injury, after the surgery, your glute muscles, your hamstring, your quad. And, you know, if you're a half second behind or a second behind, that's a major deal in a sport like uh, NFL. And so that just takes time for your muscles, your proprioception, your strength, your control to truly come back. And, and that's still what we see in NFL players. Although many times we could potentially get these folks back at four or five, maybe six months. It's really everything else in the kinetic chain that's most important. And that's why we're still seeing players, maybe not out quite a year, but you know, nine plus months is still kind of the norm. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it, it's gotten shorter, but like you said, still, still pretty major concussions obviously is, is always a big issue. How much are you dealing with that and, and seeing that? Yeah. Concussions are, you know, concussions are a bit of a challenge, uh, but the NFL has done a great job. You know, our, our data, again, the predictors shows that uh, rest matters and, and rest helps. It's, it's really yeah. compelling. Uh, a quarterback that goes out with a concussion, average missed time, 1.3 games. When they come back, they do better. And rest matters, health matters, all that type of stuff. So running backs, wideouts, uh, linebackers, linemen, centers, et cetera. Rest matters, health matters. And I think the NFL is doing a, a much better job at making sure we not only recognize it, but treat it adequately and get the brain health dialed in before returning to play. Again, I know you have your own practice in Colorado and you're probably seeing a lot of the weekend warriors and people that are out there. What, what's the key, you know, anybody watching this who's not a pro athlete to, to, to try to, you know, stay as healthy as they can and avoid some of these injuries we've been talking about? Yeah, no, that's and and these are the folks we love treating the most is getting people back to what you love. And, you know, it's we try to tailor it as best we can as orthopedic surgeons. to what you want to do, we may treat the shoulder a little bit differently if you want to go back to golf versus uh, playing volleyball or, or doing CrossFit or, you know, want to do super heavy bench pressing uh, as part of your life. So we really try to tailor it as best we can to, to what you do, to what you want to what your goals are and trying to trying to treat everything we can first without surgery and, and optimizing a lot of and then many times just optimizing your muscles around the shoulder your muscles around the, the leg the hip muscles and really putting the human performance program that we employed for the teams we talked about mike to use for the weekend warrior athlete and really kind of using as a little bit of a wake-up call if you have an injury to say okay how's my nutrition how's my sleep how's my healing how's my strength how's my flexibility how's my pliability a lot of things we look at well before doing something surgically 
Well, again, you spend a lot of time in professional sports. We want to get to our top five here. And for you, it's going to be the top five comebacks that you've seen from a, from a major injury, whether it was a team you were directly involved with or, or what you've seen maybe from afar. But, but you know, those comebacks, we love the comeback story, right, especially from a major injury. What are <laughs> the top five that you've seen in the course of your career? Yeah, no, no question. There's some uh, really good ones. Uh, LeGarrette Blount, uh, really good, bad hip injury, surgery, came back, did amazing. Odell Beckham Jr., two ACL since 2020, already back. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, mm. 2022 season, heart issue, back. Jamal Adams, quad, 2022 season. Uh, Saquon Barkley, ankle. Uh, Dak Prescott, fractured dislocation of the ankle. Uh, and... Javante Williams, ACL, LCL, 2022. These are all pretty recent ones, but being able yeah. to come back with uh, people that are out there playing now from these big injuries, um, really impressive DNA, impressive resilience, impressive ability to work through it and uh, have, have a goal. It's it, it, when I see these athletes that have gone through this time and time again, and sometimes multiple surgeries like Odell Beckham, and they come back at that level and, and excel is, is truly amazing stories to me. You mentioned DeMar Hamlin there. Were you watching that game at the time? What, what's, you know, what's going through your mind as you're watching that or hearing about that story from a physician standpoint? You know, I, Mike, I go right into almost military trauma training mode. And you, what we do in the military very well and what the NFL medical staff does very well is we train, 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 train all the time. Uh, hopefully it never happens, but if it does, you're ready. And so you automatically go into, all right, this is not training. This is not a drill. And we are going to do this for real. But because you've practiced, because you've done it, clearly the Bills uh, medical staff had done this, had practiced it, had known what to do, what everyone's role is and how to do this effectively and quickly and save players' lives is exactly what we train for. And that's exactly what I thought about it. I said, They're, they got this because they've trained. So everybody else is, and you're, you're, you're calm, is what you're saying. In a situation like that, it rises, you're the calm one. Correct. No question. Yeah, you, you have to be. You have to be the cool, calm, collected. It's you have to um, you have to know that you've got the team behind you. You have to be the cool, calm, collected one through the whole thing. Uh, but that's that's why you do this. Like we've got this. Mentioned your your podcast and the, and the predictors. How how else can people follow you? Follow you throughout the season and and beyond. Because this has been very educational for me. So, so how can people follow you to, to continue to learn about injuries in all sports? Yeah, Mike. Yeah. So the predictors.com, you can find us our website. You can find all our social handles there. Uh, sports Doc Matt. We uh, put a lot of stuff out through the week and on weekends, obviously, following our players and uh, following a lot of interesting headlines and storylines on health. And, you know, our, our, really our trademark is health matters. And that's what uh, that's what I've learned from day one in the, in the military, taking care of our SEAL teams to professional athletes and inside and out the, outside the locker room. So it's a great it's a great pleasure to be here with you today. And, and thanks so much. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you again. Very educational. And uh, 
We don't usually have that as guests. We, we hear a lot of good stories, but this has been a very educational episode and uh, certainly appreciate your time. Wish you the best of luck. And we'll be uh, watching you and your progress uh, throughout the season here. I'm sure there's uh, more injuries to come in this NFL season for sure. Absolutely, Mike. Look forward to uh, rejoining you uh, down the road. Thank you. Well, I think we all learned something today from Dr. Matt Proventure. We thank him for his time, taking time in between his surgeries, no doubt. Special thank you to Lindsay Waterhouse for helping arrange that interview with him. And again, we invite you, as always, to like, to share, to subscribe to our channel as we continue to bring you great guests, great stories, and learn a little bit, as we did today, about injuries in the NFL and also for you weekend warriors. We thank you for joining us. For JR Quitman, our director, producer, and creator of the show, I'm Mike Vaccaro. We'll see you next time. Another edition of In the Front Row with Mike Vaccaro. Have a great day, everybody.